This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It is so good to be with you. I just wanted to give you, once again, an opportunity to go to the website, ReformationBoise.com, and register Register for the upcoming conference, September 22nd and 23rd. Dr. Jonathan Gibson and Dr. Miles Van Pelt will be coming and speaking about the covenantal nature aren't you doing of... A, aren't you doing a cage match with Miles Van Pelt? Yes, after, like yes. Half time that through is, the... um, for those that stay late on Saturday... <laughs> That will be. That's right why after. Russ will not be preaching on Sunday That's morning That's because right. he's going to get yeah. his face ground yeah. into the concrete. Yes, yes. So that is something also to mark your calendars <laughs> for. So if you want to see that, that is September twenty third <laughs> after a wonderful conference. I love being in the studio. Uh, no, so, yeah. so helpful. Totally throwing you off. So helpful. If you want to send information to us, you can write to us at thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com. And any questions about Josh's sanity or stability, <laughs> I am not at liberty to answer. Um, He's, I'm, I'm protected by HIPAA. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. But we've been talking about evangelism and Yesterday we defined it, we just talked about some of those struggles that even we as ministers might have. Sometimes people wonder, well, what, what's a good starting point? How do you start with evangelism? Do you start with God? Do you start with man? Does it make a difference? So how would you answer that question? What's a- we were talking about this a little bit off the air, and I don't think that the starting point matters so much as what is the center point. Mm-hmm. Like it has to remain God-centered, and we'll get to that and, and unpack that a little bit. But well, you well you quoted you quoted Calvin right in the Institutes. It says all true uh, wisdom, so far as it contains. Gosh, I'm going to mess up the quote. You're doing a great job. <laughs> no, I'm doing a great job messing it up. <laughs> the summary of what Calvin says is: we need a knowledge of who God is. We need a knowledge of who man is. Yeah, and. Basically, Calvin is going to, to open up the first part of his institutes by saying it, it doesn't matter which one you start with because the one has to lead to the other and, and the other has to lead to the first. Yeah. And so if you start with God, you're going to end up having to think about man. If yeah. you start with man, you're going to have to end up thinking about God. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter, Calvin would say, who you start with, but I'm going to start with God. Yeah. So In one sense, it won't matter if you start with their problems. Or a God solution, which is really what we're doing in, in evangelism. You know, man is, uh, you know, as Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in Him. And you can point to the restlessness of man, and and 
show how God fills that vacuum. I do think sometimes we we do start with the fall, and I and I think sometimes it, it'd be better if we started with creation. So we mm-hmm. have the, that four rubric category, you know, creation, fall, redemption, glory. God did create us good and very good in the very beginning to have relationship and fellowship with him and talking about that and the purpose of our life um, makes the sting of the fall worse which then makes the gospel sweeter so i I think we should start with creation in in terms of like the whole gospel story i I think it's unintelligible if we just start with sin well i i agree with you josh there i think though that when we're talking to people we are evaluating people so are we talking to someone who is disinterested and hostile to the gospel? And so that's going to determine how I present uh, the good news to them. Uh, is it are they are they curious? Are they willing to discuss it? Are they do they have certain? Is there a certain God consciousness among them? You know. So I mean, at every stage, you have to adapt. You know your approach or what you're going to share with them. So you're. You may be actually hitting some of the same points, but how you get to those points are going to be different. I always used to just get a little bit frustrated, shake my head a little bit. There was um, a guy in, in a church I was in that constantly would be saying that we need to be we we need to be taught how to do evangelism, mm-hmm. and I'm like, we talk about it all the time. And he would say, "But you're not telling us how." You're not telling us how. And I would say, well, that takes wisdom. It's not a cookie-cutter approach. God didn't make us all the same. God didn't make all people and circumstances exactly play out the same way. And so I think sometimes you start with creation. Sometimes you start with the fall. Sometimes you start with, with the work of Christ. Sometimes you start with consummation, the, the, the fullness of what awaits. And I think the circumstances dictate it. I think that yeah. the conversation dictate it. So we're not going to teach you necessarily tactics. What you, what you need to know is gospel truth so that – and then reliance on the Spirit to say, okay, in wisdom, what's the best starting place here? Yeah, mm-hmm. some biblical examples. Paul at Martil in Acts 17 uses cultural apologetics and deals with the people there uh, in Athens with uh, the Stoics and Epicureans and applies the gospel specifically to those contexts. And then you get Stephen um, and the Ethiopian eunuch who start right from the Old Testament with Scripture and Isaiah. And so there's there's wisdom in, in, in contextualizing the gospel. That is not making it relevant, but actually showing the relevancy of the gospel message to individuals, depending on the circumstances you're in. Yeah. I think it does take a knowledge of some um, basic scriptural terms like sin. Mm-hmm. Yes. What what is sin and why am I a sinner? And and what is the essence of it? Like sin certainly I mean we have the catechism answer, right? Like sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. But I love Piper's definition of sin. Sin is anything that doesn't value God as supreme. So every one of the the Ten Commandments is a breaking of a specific transgression, but underneath that is treating God as the as something less than supreme and valuable. And and I think that's how you you stay on a God centered mm-hmm. presentation of the gospel versus a man centered one. 
Let's go ahead and jump to that. What's the um, what difference does it make? To, we've talked about a man-centered approach, a God-centered approach. What is the difference? Why does it matter? And it can be in different categories: your view of God, your view of Christ, your view of humanity, your view of our response to Christ. So let's just walk through a man-centered approach to evangelism and a God-centered approach to evangelism. Well, we talked about the you mentioned the Romans Road here uh, yesterday, I believe. Uh, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Sin is falling short of the glory of God. So in other words, the reason why sin is bad is because it, it dishonors and it disrespects God. I mean, that's what Romans 1 is, you know. The, although they knew God through his attributes and through creation, they did not honor him or give thanks to him as they ought to have. And so, from the very beginning, we need to see that the reason why the that, that we have fallen short, the reason why why we're under a condemnation, is because we haven't treated God well. And if we lose sight of that in, in any time in the evangelism, or if we lose sight of what, hey, why are we going to heaven? What makes heaven so great? Because God is there. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just good because we're going to be free from pain and and from sickness, and we're going to be reunited with our loved ones. But it's good because God is there. So God has to be the the reason why things are the way they are, and God has to be the reason why things are going to be the way they are. Well, the you know one of the things uh, between God centered and man centered, or you could say God centered and me centered. You know, the, it, with a God centered witness, you know God is the point of contact with non Christians is creation. God made them. The you know God has ownership rights over them, uh, over their daily life, over their destiny. It puts the justice of God and the love of God on on an equal plane. If you're me centered, it's like you know love is God's chief attribute. It mutes the fact of His justice. You know if you're talking about you know sin being a, a you know a lack of conformity to the will of God. You know not uh, regarding God as supreme, and that so. So you never get you don't get to just the justice of God and why there is a punishment against sin if you you're only focused on uh, me the love of God for me yeah. um, you know so and and also it points out you know the you know the conclusion of a me centered gospel is God is a friend that's going to help me the conclusion of a God centered gospel is God is the King that is going to save me. Mm-hmm. Amen. And even just when you begin to do think about this idea of a man-centered versus God-centered, um, how we approach. I mean, Josh was talking about sin. Well, what exactly is it? Is sin the not only involved total depravity, where we're born, where every part of our our nature and every part of our being is affected by sin, and also total inability? Yeah, that I'm not going to choose God. I'm not going to come to God. I, I'm not just damaged uh, and just have a couple of flaws and given the right circumstances i'm going to do the right thing and i'm going to choose the right thing yeah. no i i am a fallen rebellious creature that says i don't want god i don't want to have anything to do with god and i've gone my own way and i i have no regard for god at all those are two really different categories i mean i used to go round and round with my principal in high school that i taught under when i was teaching and he would basically he took the approach people are basically good and as long as you give them a right environment and good education they're going to make the right choice yeah and i naturally did not embrace that and 
he would always say, well, we're basically on the same page in our educational philosophy. I'm like, <laughs> we can't be on the same page because we have a different view of humanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that view of humanity, I would say, is God-centered versus man-centered. Yeah. Well, and God-centeredness will allow you to speak to the different sins of of culture in a God-honoring way. So if – okay. So you, let's say you, you approach a, a homosexual – um, if you're man-centered in the way that you're viewing sin, then the homosexuality is their main problem. No, it's not. Go, go look at Romans 1. Homosexuality is not their main problem. Their main problem is that they, although they knew God, they did not honor him or give thanks to him. And so actually, being God-centered actually allows you to have more compassion upon the person in front of you. And, and, and I mean, as a consequence, you will be less self-righteous. Rosaria Butterfield is is great on this when she talks about her own struggles with being a lesbian that her problem yes that was a problem that she was a lesbian but her main problem was her pride yeah i think that's one of the broken places to start in a man-centered approach to evangelism is moralizing people yeah in and trying to apply christian ethics and morals to them before they understand what the real problem is it's a little bit like rearranging deck chairs on the titanic at that point right like the Mm -hmm. ship is sinking that's not the big problem is where the deck chairs i was just reading i know we were just on this the other day uh, i was reading uh john owen's the mortification of sin and he makes the point over and over and over again that unconverted men cannot mortify their sin they cannot their main problem is that they're not born again and that's what needs to happen before they put any sin away yeah it's been a lot of bad christian sermons and bad christian writing on that yeah for sure trying to moralize sinners very quickly in the last 30 seconds or so what's the difference between how we respond to christ from a man-centered to a god-centered form of evangelism well i would say that people that respond to christ sometimes in a me-centered way they submit to salvation, but not to his lordship. And so they're really not submitting to Christ at all. When we come to Christ, we come to him as Lord and Savior of our life. We will continue this conversation tomorrow. It's so good to be with you, and we'll see you then.